Hey guys, it's another beautiful Sunday evening. I'm Abebia Day and this is the Chatter Cafe. As is our tradition to welcome newbies on the show, if this is your first time on the podcast, then a big hearty welcome to you. Thank you for joining this evening's conversation. Please do remember to check out previous episodes to find out what we've been up to so far. So in the name of small talk, how are you guys doing? How was last week? Are you picking up a new hobby or are you still stuck staring out the window, missing when it was okay to go outside? Are you just chilling, grateful for the opportunity to stay in bed and lounge? Or have you almost gone mad with boredom? Are you team aspire to inspire or team I can't come and kill myself? Whatever it is you've been up to, whatever it is this period has been like for you, I'm open to talk about it. Send me emails, send me lots of emails, send bored emails, send happy emails, send frustrated emails, send paranoid emails. As a matter of fact, you should email me your favorite conspiracy theories this period, because a lot of those seem to be flying around. Let's gist. And speaking of emails, shout out to you guys who emailed me about last week's topic. The conversations were pretty interesting. Let's just leave it at that. The conversations were interesting. So moving on, today's conversation is about something I call the heart versus mind problem. Now I'm sure some of you already have an idea of what this is going to be about. And for those of you who don't or aren't exactly sure, not to worry, I'm going to be helping you guys paint a picture to better understand the topic as we go. So I want you guys to do something for me very quickly. I want you guys to picture a gorgeous young woman beautiful hair, even more beautiful skin, just a fine girl by every sense of the word. Picture whatever beauty means to you. Now picture her in a bubble. Yes, our fine girl is in a bubble. And in this bubble, there's sugar, there's spice and everything nice. So she's having a pretty good time. You know, she doesn't really care about anything else going on around her. All that matters now is her bubble. Now, standing a few feet away, I want you to picture a guy with a needle in his hand and he's slightly irritated by just how oblivious she is to everything else. So soon enough, his irritation peaks and then I want you to picture him walking over to where her bubble is and then picture him popping the bubble. Hmm. Okay, Ababi, what are you trying to say to us here? We've popped a few bubbles, but what exactly are you getting at? I can sense a little confusion, but just stick with me here. It'll all be clearer soon. So the fine girl, as some of you would have intelligently guessed, is me. I mean, obviously, it's my podcast. I get to play the fine girl. And then the guy with the needle is a friend of mine. And the bubble popping pretty much sums up that part of our friendship where he's really trying to sell me common sense. But I'd rather just desperately cling to my fantasy bubble, hoping and praying that it'll somehow morph into reality. The heart versus mind problem is pretty much your feelings versus logic. It's the dilemma we find ourselves in when we're stuck between our emotions and common sense. Oh, I know I should be doing this, but then I feel like doing this whole other thing entirely. Or I know I shouldn't be doing this, but then it just feels so perfect. Now, like me, some people tend to lean towards their emotions more, both men and women, by the way. So let no one come and lie to you that only women can be emotional. As a matter of fact, every human being is an emotional being. It just depends on how much of that emotion they're given to. 
Now, I've seen the movie Titanic with a few guys, and then at the end of the movie, we were literally sobbing on each other's shoulders. I've also seen the movie with some girls, and at the end of the movie, they were just like, oh, how sad, tragic stuff. And then I'm there, like a mess all over the place, wiping the tears from my eyes, like, do you even have a heart? (laughs) Anyway, problem here is, when we lean a little too much into our emotions, it presents us with um, certain biases that make us ignorant of everything else. Now, these biases blind us to the details that common sense desperately tries to show us. Hence the phrase, love is blind. Which is why when someone catches feelings, and I mean when they powerfully catch feelings, there is absolutely nothing negative you can say about the person they've caught feelings for. They will always find a way to make it okay in their heads. Now let me share with you guys an experience. So a few years back, a friend of mine fell for this guy, and then it seemed like she was the only one who couldn't see just how shitty a person he was, because the rest of us could. And every time she'd come to us, maybe they had a fight or something, we tried to tell her, babe, can't you see this guy isn't exactly your best option? But then nothing seemed to work. So me and another friend decided to up the ante a little. I mean, desperate situations call for desperate measures, right? Now, I'm not proud of what we did, but we fabricated stories about the guy. We came up with despicable things about the poor boy. Poor boy, Kinney. Please, he deserved a terrible, terrible person. Anyway, it seemed to do the trick because she was so put off. She was like, I'm done. I am so done. And we were happy. Like, finally, the spell has been broken. And when it seemed like we were making headway and we could finally rest easy, we got a call from her. And guess what? It was back to square one. She went back to him. They had another fight. And as she was looking for her friends to talk to. But we the friends, we were tired. We honestly did not want to go through that cycle of saying the same things to her over and over again. So at that point, we gave up and decided that this thing just had to die a natural death. And it's not just emotions of love. It could be anger. When you get so angry, you spiral out of control. Instead of logically taking a step back to figure out a better way to assess the situation. Out of anger, you might end up burning bridges that could have been better left as they were. And not to seem like we're only attacking emotional people. When you are too logical, it makes you a huge pessimist. Because then you have to make sense of every single thing. Otherwise, you could not be bothered. In addition to this, people would probably see you as a jerk. To everyone else, you're just a big fat asshole. Because like I said, we're emotional beings... And when you lean a little too much to the other end of the pole, ignoring people's emotions, you become insensitive, a little tone deaf. It becomes difficult for you to relate to people's issues and the emotions they want you to take home from what they tell you, making you everyone's least favorite person. Now, our loyalties to either of these two factors influence the choices we make. From seemingly easy decisions like choosing where to sit for a lecture to more difficult choices like choosing a life partner. Now, given the amount of influence that logic and emotions have on our everyday lives, I think it's very necessary to understand how to strike a proper balance between both of them. We are emotional beings with the ability to feel, and yet at the same time, we're also rational beings with the ability to think. 
I think it's necessary for the emotional person to understand that there are times when it's ne- it's okay to put your emotions aside and think. I also think it's very important for the rational person to realize that it is okay to set aside everything you think you know and just let yourself feel sometimes. Now, speaking of how logic and emotions interfere with choosing a life partner, I remember having this conversation with a friend and he asked me a very simple question, a question I'm sure you guys must have been asked at least once before. He was like, describe your ideal partner. And without missing a beat, I just started. He must be like this and have that, head like this, nose like that, walk like this, smile like that. I am so sure that when I was done talking, I must have had this satisfied smile on my face because it was like a drop mic moment for me. And then he just smiled. He looked at me and said, you know, you're probably not going to end up with your Mr. Right, Abby. And then I just looked at him crazy because at that moment, it felt like I had just told him my plan to build this mega mansion. And all he could say was, you know, you're probably going to end up sleeping under a bridge, Abby. And as if that wasn't enough insult to myself and my Adonis God, dear future husband, whom, by the way, is supposed to be the perfect blend of Bryson Tiller and Idris Elba. Yes, a Bryson Elba hybrid type thing. As if that wasn't enough insult, he actually had the nerve to send me the link to an article about it. So I clicked the link and sure enough, staring back at me in bold capital letters were the words, why you will marry the wrong person and i just wanted to curse somebody out like what is wrong with nigerians this is why it is such a bad idea to share your dreams with nigerians now after five more minutes of silently fuming and making several mental notes one of which was to never ever ever again share my dreams with another nigerian because obviously nigerians just don't want you to progress in life I decided to give the article the benefit of the doubt, so I began to read. To cut the story short, the article doesn't in fact want you to have unhappy and miserable married lives. No. Rather, it tried to explain that eventually, when we choose whom to spend or make the best out of life with, our choices would be more practical and logical, instead of chasing fantasy images of our Mr. and Miss Wrights and all the lists we've made up of what we want our future partners to be like, which most times, if not always, are the stuff of our emotions. I guess what that New York Times article is trying to say is that, at the end of the day, our fantasy people and lists wouldn't exactly matter because the emotions they are based on aren't enough to sustain a lifetime partnership. What do you guys think though? I really want to know what you guys think because this thing is still an ongoing conversation between my friends and I. Do you guys think it's possible to fall in love and stay in love with one person till death do you part? Or do the emotions fade out somewhere in the middle and what's left is for you guys to settle into the day-to-day administrative routines of staying married? Should emotions even matter at all given that emotions can be so fickle and untrustworthy? Or should the principal thing be how practical and logical the union would be? Let me know what you guys think via email, of course, at abebispodcast at gmail.com. That's A-B-E-B-I-S podcast without an S at gmail.com. And in fact, if you won't be as distrustful as I was, permit me to recommend the article. 
just go through it and let me know what you think email me your thoughts along with everything else i've asked you guys to email me today now i can't send the link to every single one of you but you can just google it just look it up on google it's called why you will marry the wrong person now before we draw the curtains on today's episode i have exciting news about next week's episode so two of my friends two of my really good friends will be joining me on the podcast next week to discuss a very interesting issue trust me you guys do not want to miss next week's episode and to my listeners on apple podcast i see you guys shout out to each and every single one of you Apple Podcast is slowly becoming my number one platform and I am grateful to each and every single one of you for this. Remember to subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review. So that brings us to the end of today's episode, you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Do have a wonderful week ahead. Miss me. Bye.